Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for your word. Tonight, a powerful and a mighty anointing of the Holy Ghost. In this place where we can leave changed by the power of the Holy Ghost when the service is done. And we pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 3. While you're getting there, let us start by stressing what we said at the beginning of the sermon last night. This is the year where the local church needs to really be stressed and that our participation in the local church needs to grow and needs to expand. This is the year of the local church. A community is only as strong as its local church. I remember growing up in a time when they talked about churches on every corner as a positive thing. Now, there are those who don't think it's positive, yet they wonder why the crime rate has went up and why poverty is expanded. It's simply because when you neglect the house of God and the things of God, things will not go right. Are we together on this? Tonight, we need to really emphasize the local church. It is vitally important for the fabric of the community, for the local church to be strong. We also stressed last night the importance of praise and worship. We, at our homes, in the quiet of the prayer closet, we need to really worship the Lord there at home, opening up the worship of the Lord in a major, major way. When we worship the Lord at home, we will be able to walk into the church and worship the Lord more freely. When we worship the Lord at home, we really can worship the Lord more and more and more in the church. Then we started to look at prayer. As believers, we need to be dedicated more and more to prayer, to having a relationship, a communication relationship with the Father and the Son. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us so we can effectively pray to the Lord. Are we together tonight? Last night, we started to look at some of the prayers 
in the Bible. These are important because they help set the stage for what's going to happen in this church. We said that this is not a wish list. These are our goals. This is what we want to see accomplished in the church. So when we look at the prayer of Jabez, this is my prayer that you will bless me. We want to see people in the church blessed in a major way. When we, when we as a church, when we pray, this is my prayer that you will be with me, that we will keep us from sin, that it would not grieve me, that you will enlarge our territory. This is something we are expecting in a major, major way. When we look at the prayer in Acts chapter 4, which talked about boldness, when we looked at the prayer in Acts chapter 4, they talked about healing and signs and wonders. This is something we want to experience in our lives, and this is something we want to experience in the church. Are we together on this? Now, tonight, we're going to focus quite a bit on the prayers of the Apostle Paul. These are things that the Apostle Paul wanted to be active in the churches where he established them. Ephesus, Philippi, Colossae, Thessalonica. These were areas where Timothy and Philemon, they needed to have an operation in our lives. As we said, these are not suggestions. Paul was praying for these churches that these things should be active in their church, active in their ministries. So let's look at it this way. If Paul thinks that they're important enough for them, and if the Holy Spirit put these things in the Bible for us to read and study, are they important for us right now? Should they be part of the church? Should they be part of the ministry? I would say yes. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit puts something in the Bible, it is not just meant for those at that time. It is meant for those now. For this church, for every church in this region, for every church throughout the world. So when we look at Ephesians chapter 3, and when we start at verse 14, where it says, For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, we are talking about a prayer of the Apostle Paul for that church. Let's keep going. For this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, we have an active inner man. Why? Because we believe in the gospel message. And when we believe in the gospel message, the old man died and was replaced by a new man in Christ. Now, what keeps the new man strong? What did it say here? Strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. The Holy Spirit keeps our inner man strong. A goal of the church isn't just for the outside natural man to be strong. The goal of the church in meeting the spiritual needs is for the inner man to be strengthened with might by the Spirit. This is why the Spirit operating in the church is so important. When the Word is preached, the Spirit can strengthen that inner man. When we pray as a group or as individuals, the Spirit can strengthen that inner man. This year, we need to be blessed physically, financially. We need to be blessed with protection in all areas. But we need to see the inner man inside of us strengthened by the Holy Spirit. That comes through the preaching of the Word of God. That comes by lifting up our holy hands to worship the Lord. This means following the leading and the guiding of the Spirit in all things. As a church, we need to see the Holy Spirit strengthen inner man's during the course of this year. It will take time. It will take following the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, which means it takes obedience. But when we are in obedience to the Lord, our inner man is going to be strengthened by the Spirit. The next part, verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. Now, this one should seem easy. We believe in Jesus. We believe in the Christ, the cross, the resurrection. Jesus inside of our lives. But let's expand on this a little bit. Everybody who walks through the door of the church, our goal is to have them, what? Jesus in their heart. Every single person. Paul, he is not making the assumption that everyone in the Ephesus church is saved. He wants every one of them saved so that Jesus can be in their heart. Now, we are going to find out when anyone visits this church, we're even going to put it on the visitor slip, are you saved? It's an important question for us. And if they're not saved, we need to be following the leading and the guiding of the Spirit 
So they can be saved. When it comes to salvation, the goal of a church should be simple. Every person who walks through the door of the church, by the time that they leave, should be saved. That is the goal. So how we're going to meet the goal. Depend on the Holy Spirit in ways that we have never really dealt with Him before. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to bring those who need to be saved. And then Jesus will be dwelling in their hearts by faith. Keep in mind that the book of Ephesians was written to a church. Now notice what Paul said here. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That ye, being rooted and grounded in love. Let's hold there for a second. Rooted and grounded. In what? Love. When we look at love, twofold. One, the love of the Father. Beloved, what? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. When love is present, the church will begin to be grounded correctly. Second, love your neighbor as yourself. And third, what was it? Love the brethren. When these things are active, the motive of the church will be a correct motive. Are we still here? The agape love is what is rooting and grounding the church. As long as we are depending on each other in agape love, I don't care whatever comes against the church. It will stand. Why? Because the bond of agape love will keep us rooted and grounded forever. Verse 18. We may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ. Comprehend with all saints. All of the doctrinal truths that we need to know. Every one of them. Comprehend. How? Is anything that we have seen in here possible without the revelation of the Holy Ghost? Why can we be strengthened with might in inner man, the Spirit? Why can Christ dwell in our hearts by faith, the Spirit? Why can we be rooted and grounded in love? The first fruit of the Spirit is what? Agape love, the Spirit. Now here, to know the love of Christ, that we may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, all of this really depends on the Holy Ghost. And what we saw last night in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 It's the same thing. The exact same thing. 
the Holy Ghost makes it possible and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So how are we filled with all the fullness of God? Holy Spirit. You see, when the Holy Spirit is in complete control, then Jesus can do each and everything through the Spirit in the church and in our lives. Everything that we are seeing, all of the goals of the church, we need to be dependent on the Holy Ghost for each and every one of these things to happen. The Holy Ghost is that vitally important. Are we still here? Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. Philippians chapter 1 verses 9 through 11. What does it say? And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Love may abound. The love inside of us needs to grow by leaps and bounds. But how is that possible? One, Holy Spirit active in our lives. We used to sing a song a long time ago. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with love that cannot be broken. Bind us together. Yes, bind us together. Yes, bind us together in love. When we are bound as a group, we will begin to abound in love. The Spirit makes it possible. We cannot abound in love without the active Holy Spirit in our lives and in the church. And when we talk about loving our neighbors as ourselves, that's also only possible because the Spirit makes it possible. These goals, are only possible when the Spirit is in complete and total control of the church. This goes beyond just what we see in a normal church service where we lift our hands and praise the Lord and we hear the Word of God and we pray and we lay hands on the sick and everything that goes on in the church. Every aspect that we're looking at. Every aspect of a church really depends on the operation of the Holy Ghost in all things. Let's keep going. That ye may approve things that are excellent. Things that are excellent. But how do we make these right decisions to approve things that are excellent? Can we do this on our own? Now, I know 
without the knowledge of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people can read the verses, what? But we need to understand the volume of the book. And the volume of the book is to be led by the Spirit. And to be led by the Spirit, it leads to what? Approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. In the natural, many people try this. And many people, I'm going to be nice, they do a pretty decent job for the most part on this. But they're still in the natural. What I'm talking about is a Holy Spirit move that will lead us to be sincere and without offense. I'm not talking about the natural anymore. I'm talking about the Spirit. When the Spirit is in complete control, yes, our motives will be pure. When the Spirit is in control, we will be doing the right thing for the right reason. We will not be what? Without offense, which means we will not be intentionally offending anybody. Understand, there are some who are not saved. When they hear the gospel, if they are not saved, they're going to be offended. I'm not talking about them. They are those who when we look at their lives, they are not depending on the Spirit at all. They'll be easily offended. But when we're talking about the things of a church, believer with believer, what's going to happen? The Spirit will move in such a way that a lot of these things will simply vanish and disappear. I live... In this thought, that if the Spirit is moving, we will not see brother and brother offending each other. We will see the motives of the church, even recognized outside the church, as pure, not trying to gain something in this society. When we see souls being one for Jesus. When the power of the Holy Ghost is an operation, there is a sincerity and being without offense that does not operate any of the time. Why is that possible? The Spirit. The Spirit makes all of this possible. Verse 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Christ Jesus unto the glory and praise of God or by Christ Jesus. But how does Christ Jesus operate this in our lives? I send you another comforter who will help you. So when we look at being filled with the fruits of righteousness, Jesus does the feeling the Holy Spirit is what he is filling us with. And the end result is what? Fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, everything that we're looking at here, 
the work of the Holy Spirit active in church. And then what happens? The glory goes to the Father. So Jesus does the filling, not just of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but everything that we're seeing here. He does this through the Spirit. And then when the Spirit is moving and in operation, we can lift our hands and give the glory and the praise to the Father. Are we still here? Colossians, same chapter, chapter 1, same verses, 9 through 11, which starts with this. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Now the Colossae church, Paul had never been to. But the Spirit is revealing to Paul what to pray for in this church. Get what we've just said there. There are times... When you are an intercessor. And Paul is an intercessor. He prays for other churches. He prays for certain spiritual things to be in operation in each church. The Spirit is revealing this to him. That's why he can pray this prayer for the Colossae church. Even though at this point he had never Set foot in Colossae. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to decide that ye may be filled. Who does the filling? Jesus. How does he fill with the Holy Ghost? And what is the Holy Ghost going to do? That you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We are to pray for the will of God in the church and in our lives. We need to know not just what the will of God is, but what did it say here? The understanding and wisdom. Spiritual understanding. Meaning we know What the Spirit is revealing to us about what God wants us to do. Or as we have been saying, what God wants us to do, how He wants us to do this. Now what we're going over is a lot of what God wants us to do. How do we do this? We've also been hitting at the main how tonight. That how is the Holy Spirit. We cannot do these things without the help of the Spirit. Now, the Spirit will tell us what we need to do. He will give us the understanding and the wisdom in what we need to do. It is our job by following the leading and the guiding of the Spirit to be obedient 
to what the Spirit is leading us to do. We, as a church, we need to allow the Spirit to guide us into everything God wants us to do. And then we need the Spirit through wisdom and understanding to show us how to do this. Let's keep going. Verse 10. That we might walk worthy, live a life worthy of the Lord and all pleasing. Walk worthy of the Lord. Now how do we live this life? Do we live this life following after the flesh or the world or the devil? Or do we live this life by following after the leading and the guiding of the Spirit? So when we follow the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, we will walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. How do we please the Lord? Follow the Spirit. Listen to what He tells you to do. Do what He tells you to do. The Holy Spirit will lead you into the fruitful life and away from the worldly, fleshly life. We need to allow the Spirit to operate so thoroughly that He controls every part of our lives and every part of the church. The church can know the will of God. The church can live as a group in such a way that we are walking worthy of this calling. What else do we see? Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we see that what? Walk worthy following the Spirit. Fruitful in every good work? How are we fruitful? Yes, I know. Give it 100% raw, raw. And we need to give 100%. But without the leading and the guiding of the Spirit, can we be fruitful? The fruit of the Spirit means the Spirit is the one who makes the fruit possible. Which means the Spirit is the one who makes the work possible. And the last part of that was what? Increasing in the knowledge of God. Now how is that possible? Yes, being in the Word. Yes, being in prayer and being in praise. Yes, being in every single church service. But then allowing the Spirit to operate in every church service. Allowing the Spirit to operate when you are in the Word, when you are in prayer, when you are in praise. You see, the Holy Spirit is the one 
who makes this all possible. Our work does not succeed without the Spirit. Our life does not succeed without the Spirit. Our knowledge is not present without the Spirit. Verse 11, strengthen with all might according to his glorious power. Power from what? God, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, in our lives, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. All patience, long-suffering, joyfulness. How is this possible? The fruit of the Spirit is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Long-suffering. The fruit of the Spirit is what? Patience. All of these come from the Holy Spirit. So let's take a quick break here. No, we're not walking out of the building here. Let's take a brief second here and let's look at all of this combined. Every one of these goals that Paul set for these churches, be it Ephesus or Philippi or Colossae, let's add the goal of the Jerusalem church in Acts 4. Even the prayer of Jabez in 1 Chronicles. Now let's look at this in the light of the New Testament church. That would be us. What makes all of this possible? The Holy Spirit. Can we achieve any of these things in our lives or in the church without the help of the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. Even as we look at Colossians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, what does it say? Actually, let me start with verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying us for us, that the Lord would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. So what do we see here? God opening the doors. But how does God open the doors? Through the Spirit. God operates through the Spirit in this world. That we may speak the mystery of Christ. How do we preach the gospel message? Through the Holy Spirit. That we may make it manifest as we ought to speak. Who gives us what to say? I can tell you. If I come up here of my own ability, I will fail. I guarantee you that. I'm not that clever. And the older I get, the more I realize I'm not that clever. Anything that's good comes 
through the Holy Spirit, revealing things in the quiet hours, revealing things when you least expected in life. How to make this manifest? It's not possible without the help of the Holy Spirit. Not at all. Without the Holy Spirit, all ministry will fail. Why do you think Jesus told his apostles in Acts 1 to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, then begin to witness? Because Jesus knew that if Peter went out in Acts 1 and began to preach, he would fail. But Jesus also knew that when Peter preached in Acts 2, after receiving the baptism in the Holy Ghost, now the Spirit makes it manifest to what Peter needs to preach. Let's look at the Apostle Paul. When he is on his first missionary journey, and his second and his third, we look at a lot of what he spoke. The Spirit made it manifest on what he needed to say. This very book, Colossians. And all the books from Romans, probably through Hebrews. The Spirit made it manifest to Paul what he needed to write. The Spirit is the one who makes all of this possible. Now tonight, what have we been looking at? We have been looking at goal after goal after goal after goal. In the natural, not possible, not possible, not possible. But now, with the Spirit, each and every one of the goals that we have seen, they are possible. Last week I said that the Holy Spirit is going to be the key to this year. It's the key to the church. It's the key to our prayer life. It's the prayer to witnessing. It's the prayer. It's the main thing that will lead to power and praise. The Spirit is the key to all of this. So yes, we need to pray for each and every one of these things to happen. Amen? We need to pray for these things to happen. But we need to depend on the Holy Ghost for these things to happen. So what this sums up to tonight is this. A complete and total reliance on the Holy Spirit. 
I don't know how many watching me here has really even thought about what that means. But it means literally yielding everything to the Spirit. Because without the help of the Spirit, none of this is possible. Tonight, I want us to really be in a mind of yielding to the Spirit. Not just here in church, but in every part of your life. And start with the prayer closet. Yield to the Spirit. Let's stand across the church tonight. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing into these bodies. We speak healing to my dad's knees and healing to my ears and healing to my mind